0: Hey everyone, this is Tony Holbein. You are listening to the Revenue Formula. In today's episode, we're going through four go-to-market challenges and how to solve them easily with our logic-driven approach. Enjoy it again another quarter you missed yeah everyone will ask that question now so
1: i i I, tony and Mikkel talking
0: about Mikkel crying because you missed another quarter
1: yeah it's also just because i'm being abused in the podcast all the time being the four guy the ceo CEO. who doesn't miss or who who misses or like the marketer who produces shit leads it's always 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 you know it's fine it's fine you also need it when you're running a scam or something you need someone to take the hit yep and uh i mean you will you will be the one
0: going to jail
1: i mean it's also in the show notes it literally says fall guy (laughs) (laughs) nickel so what can you do what can you do i just want to say for the record we have fun we have fun we have fun we have fun how many times do you need to say it before (laughs) i
0: I think until you stop crying (laughs)
1: over engineering intros yeah. that's what we do it, i think that's, that's how we're going to get featured on spotify or whatever yeah, let's go but we're going to segue neatly again into the subject today yeah which is how to acquire a customer and really our way of thinking about it our kind of you know if you subscribe like you said to our approach to problem solving and planning revenue and all that stuff then there's four very specific problems and ways to think about them yeah. we're going to get into so I
0: think this is this episode is is about um, we are we're talking a lot about this one approach of how to think about go to market mm. and uh, acquiring customers and and using that approach because it's so logic driven you can use that approach in order to do a an analysis you yeah. can do it to a revenue plan you can do it in an operating model all of these fancy things but the underlying is always a very straightforward logic mm. right and we can call it you know the science of this and and blah I, I don't think that's super helpful. But, you know, if you use that logic for some of the problems that have been there for a while, Mm. and those are not big problems like, you know, compartmentalized problems, you you won't, you know, walk into those problems every day. It's kind of a a special thing. But they're usually kind of hard to crack. And usually it's a really long discussion, uh, you know, one way or the other. And if you use the logic, though, that we're prescribing, so to speak, um, I think some of those problems will kind of fade away and be totally uh, easy to solve suddenly. Um, and I think that's what we want to talk about today.
1: Yeah. And so we have four. And I think before we just jump into the specifics, let's actually just cover them. Mm. In case you want to skip over one where are like, yeah, I know this already. I'm, yeah. I'm, I got it on control, not an issue. Yeah. Might be helpful. So the first one is... Multi-year discounts. Yes. So you have a multi-year deal.
0: Rep comes to you. Hey, I can sign them on a multi-year deal. How much... How much discount can we give them because of the multi-year, yeah. right? Question number one.
1: And the other is uh, partnership deals. Yes. How much do you actually pay for a partnership deal, right? So a case where you have a consultant or, you know, whatever, someone that is not operating within your business on your payroll yes. um, who needs a commission, obviously, from, from giving you that deal. Yep. The
0: na- another one is uh, payment terms. Is it is it a good idea to give quarterly or annual? What's the reason to do either or the other? Mm. And then what's the impact on, on your growth and on that customer?
1: Yeah. And then the last, number four, is really how much can you spend on acquiring a new customer? And I think this is especially also something that's going to be super interesting for the, you know, more top funnel team. So let's say if you're building outbound yep. or you're running PLG or marketing, right, that, that element. Yep. There's going to be some important thoughts, too. So let's, Beautiful. So have your choice. There's like four items on the menu. Well, they have to go this order though, <laughs> otherwise people uh, can't okay. get through it. No, that's true. <laughs> <And> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Good point. Logic, logic person. Fall guy at it yeah. again. Yeah. Logic guy. Fall yeah. guy.
0: <laughs> okay, so let's go with the multi-year discount. So there's usually, obviously, um, hey, you know, if if you go for the multi-year, ten percent maybe is right. Twenty percent is right. Mm. And sometimes a zero percent is right. So the question is, what is right for you? What is right for your business? Mm. And, and really the way you should be approaching it is how much how much are you winning are you gaining by locking someone in for two years versus just one and the inverse here is churn. so if if someone is going you know renewing one year to the next on average how many people do you lose in that step? which is called churn, by the way. Mm. And that should give you a clear understanding of how much you want to pay in discount uh, maximum to basically have that renewal step baked in from the beginning, right? That's that's how you need to think about it. And then in, in reality, what it basically means is if you have an annual churn of uh, 90%, um, you should, for the multi-year, and you might give discounts for some other reasons, but for the multi-year reason you should only give a discount of up to 10%. Mm. That's, that's the only thing that makes sense. If you have, you know, 20% churn, you should kind of consider that. The tricky piece here is now, and, and very strong SaaS companies have started adopting that, actually, to ditch multi-year discounts altogether. Mm. Why? Because their a churn is so low and their upsell is so high that basically for signing someone on a multi-year, instead of giving a discount, they should be asking for a premium. (laughs) Because the net retention rate is above 100%. They actually gain every year that they have that customer. So locking someone in for two years for the same price is actually that vendor is losing money on that deal.
1: Yeah, And I think, by the way, a pro tip here that we haven't talked about is you should consider exporting a bunch of your deals into a spreadsheet, Look at, you know, is it multi-year? And then the discount. And then start figuring out, are we actually giving more discount than our churn? And do we potentially have an upside here where we can generate more revenue by having some some practices in place? Yeah.
0: Think about the, so again, there, there, there are different ways of discounting. Mm. That you give a discount just because you want to give a discount. And then there is the specific multi-year discount. And and think about trying you know separate those two things. And the other piece is really giving discount for multi year. In many cases, actually only makes sense if you get payment also this year already. Mm. So I basically when uh, when we were kind of designing some of those uh, schemes here, commission schemes and and dinging people for specific discounts and so forth, we used that logic for the multi year discount. Um, hey it, it should be less than our annual churn yeah that's how we put it in and then we had an override and it sounds all really complicated but we had an override if someone was willing to do multi-year but multi-year upfront we basically treated this deal commission-wise as a as a full this year deal yeah because it gave us so much you know additional money we're going to get you know to this in point number 3 and um uh, that that's kind of Good to keep in mind, right? I think the, the multi-year thing changes a little bit if you get all of that cash mm. on day one uh, instead of, you know, having it broken apart in two payments or two years.
1: Yeah. Let's uh, let's hop to partnership. Let's
0: then. hop to partnership deals. So again, the, the, the setup here is you have a partnership motion and then the conversation usually is, well, how much should we give this partner? And there are two main different trains of thought. One is a one-off Mm. kind of commission based and the other one is recurring they they differentiate a lot in, in, in the way you need to think about it uh, but let me let me go specifically into the one-off yeah and the way to think about comping your partners for for their contribution and their their deals that they're bringing in a, in a one-off scenario is very similar to your thinking about CAC payback yeah So, number one, you might have partners that sit very much top of funnel uh, that basically just send you leads. Yeah. And you still need to call them. You still need to uh, book them. You still need to turn them into a customer and so forth. So, so in this case of a partnership uh, arrangement where someone is really only sending you some top funnel leads, you need to realize that fairly sizable chunk of your CAC payback or your CAC still sits with you. You still need to do all the heavy lifting. So the the amount of money you should be paying that uh, that partner should be equivalent actually to what marketing needs to do in order to get something to this MQL stage or something like yeah. that, right? And that might not be enough uh, or a lot, but but that's how you need to think about it. Because again, all the other stuff still comes downstream and need to figure out, well, maybe they convert a little bit better. That then means you can pay them a little bit more versus differently, right? Yeah, And um, that might amount to, you know, whatever number and that is actually what you can what you can uh, uh, pay those partners. If you have on the extreme opposite spectrum, a partner that doesn't only do the top funnel but does also the sales process mm. and then basically closes this whole thing for you, yeah, you know, the whole thing. The amount of money you can pay in the first year to this partner can be equal to your customer acquisition cost payback as a whole. So what does that actually mean it basically means you can give that partner a hundred percent and in some points uh, cases even 150 percent of the first year deal value Mm. yeah so again translated if you have a twenty euro deal that you didn't touch it was delivered to your doorstep and his new customer you know today Mm. and usually you're paying around one and a half of that so 18 month CAC payback or you know 30000 euros f- to acquire that 20000 euros mm. instead of giving your cus- uh, your partner the usual 2025 20, and when you are reach 30% of the initial deal value you can actually give your partner 150% and you're still making bank yeah right and that that way of thinking about co- uh, uh, compensating or co- you know paying money for your partnership deals i haven't seen that many places and your, your CFO will uh, bark and be like, oh, you know, are you crazy? <laughs> 150%, I've never seen this in my career. 25% is, you know, the norm and so forth. That's true. And especially when you're established, maybe you can force those those percentages and that will be fantastic for your CAC payback. payback. Yeah. But maybe if you're early on, maybe you need to kind of get the partnership side cracking and, and maybe then you maybe want to overpay. Yeah. However... That thing completely shifts, obviously if you have a recurring setup with your uh, with your uh, partner and and you know one or the other thing sometimes makes sense and sometimes doesn't, right? But if you're initially only on a commission base for the deal for your partner mm. and they do all the heavy lifting for you, you can basically pay them as much as your kickback payback would be.
1: And I think also this is a point where we, we shouldn't get into the nitty-gritty of it, but usually we'll structure an agreement with that partner and that's where you can lock them in so they don't potentially switch to a competitive if you are in a you know competitive space right so there are tricks you can use all of a sudden when you know or realize that oh wow we can actually pay a lot more no but think about it so let's just say you have a partner and usually
0: depending on what it is implementation partner or you know whatever they will usually have many of you Mm. and usually their reps can only push one of these different solutions yeah and, and this, is, this is how it simply works. If the rep gets more money by pushing you versus someone else, they obviously will push you, right? Mm. And uh, if you can afford to pay instead of 25%, 30%, that then will be part of the commission scheme for that you know, partnership rep. If you can go way higher than that, you have a much higher chance of them bringing you up and, and, and talking about you and saying, no, actually, you know, solution X, Y, Z. I think this is our preferred choice. You should totally go with that. Right? Mm. And, um, and this is where this can be super handy and can create a bit of a competitive advantage. How sustainable is it? I don't know. I haven't thought through this. But that is certainly one way of, um, of you know, how to kind of getting out with partners sometimes. <laughs>
1: at, least, at least it opens up the, the playing field for you to find the right setup and solution. Mm-hmm. So if you're only paying 25% today and everyone is happy and is running, I mean, we're not advocating for you to then go and, and bump it up to 150, but knowing that you have opportunities. No, I think,
0: I think one cool way how we use it actually is you give partners basically a scale. Many times that happens. Mm. If you bring so many deals per month, per quarter, per year, you're in this bracket. If you're in this, you know, if you bring us so many, then in that bracket, and suddenly, you know, you start on 25, 25 something percent, but then you go into well, if you reach this bracket over here, we actually will pay you 100 yeah. percent per customer that you bring. I can just see how some partners would be like, "Oh wow, these guys are stupid. Mm. Let's let's totally go with this thing here." Yeah. <laughs> and um, and I, I think I think there's some incentive schemes here that that work for uh for for partners that uh, many people just haven't thought about it in, yeah. in that kind of sense.
1: Should we move to the next? Let's do the next. So payment terms i think
0: it says yes payment terms so this one is a bit this one is a bit convoluted potentially let's see how we unpack it so the 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 basic idea is and this is a mid market sale yeah. um you ask for 10 20 you know 50000 euros and you ask for you know full year upfront payment sometimes that's just in it's just easy it's yeah. one purchasing order if you deal with those kind of customers it's one invoice it's one transfer it's one thing but obviously you know people are cash sensitive procurement departments get you know a little you know plus ones if they figure out those payment payment terms better and um, and basically the payment term here that we're talking about is not when kind of 30 days 60 days 90 days later no. it is you know how many installments yeah that's what we're talking about right and uh, someone is asking you for quarterly. The, the question now is, is this deal worth you know, less? Not worthless, but worth less mm. than it was before. Yes or no, right? And, and now you can attack it from two ways. Well, number one, if I close it on the quarterly versus the annual, but it speeds up the process, so kind of a quasi yeah. discount basically, then maybe that's good because my sales cycles go down uh, that's a plus one. Uh, we get more efficient by actually offering this, right? And I think in that sense, you could say CAC payback stays the same, right? Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't matter. So CAC payback underlying doesn't actually have the cash collection piece mm-hmm. to it. This, you know, different ratio. So you actually, you're, it's it's a it's a, a discount you can give that is CAC payback uh, impacting, if you will, yeah. right? So in that sense, it's kind of cool. So why not, why not go for it? Why not do monthly? I mean, come on, let's go, right? The the alternative way around it to look at it and um, say, well, no, actually we need to push for the annual instead, and mm-hmm. we're rather happy to give a little bit of a discount to get the annual, yeah. is really in the sense of the ability to recycle the cash. yeah So you have acquired a customer, you almost get... All not you know usually not all, but most of it you get back within the first invoice. Let's just say you have a eighteen month cake payback, so one and a half years. Uh, you get the first uh, year fully upfront. So out of these eighteen months, in your first invoice, you get twelve months paid back immediately. The cool thing now is you can take those those twelve months and reinvest it. Yeah. into your uh, into your customer acquisition engine immediately, right? And let's just say there were no there was no timing constraint, you know, that closes and you know recycles immediately and you close again. Yeah. If you imagine that then if if your if your CAC payback is you know more than one, uh, then it it will just get smaller and smaller and smaller how much money you can recycle from the same customer basically. Um, and if it is one, it basically is an infinite kind yeah. of equation. <laughs> let's, <laughs> so let's pause with that, right? But um, that's the idea, right? If you're able to recoup uh, that cash that you spent on acquiring that customer within the first invoice, you are then able to take that money, put it back into hiring more SDRs, yeah. h- hiring more uh, you know, marketing folks, and then generating more cash coming out of that. Mm-hmm. If, if you if phase it out, if you have you know, monthly maybe or quarterly, basically will take longer and longer and longer for you to then take that money and put it back into the engine, right? And you can now run, you know, a couple of different models on this. I'm sure someone has that somewhere. And you will see that the organization that is able to ask for the money up front and then is able to, you know, push that money back into the revenue engine is able to grow much, much faster than the other one, right? Mm. So... Is, it, is the deal now worth, you know, space less because you switch from quarterly, uh, from annual to quarterly? Yeah. I would, you know, it's 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 a very, very tricky one, and I would actually lean on the, uh, yeah, it probably is a little bit worth less. And, yes, you should totally try and, and you know, you can translate this into a, um, a commission scheme, basically, for your reps. Yeah. I think you should ding them. I think you should ding them for... Uh, lesser lesser uh, payment terms than than you set out for,
1: yeah, yeah, I mean because you have the you know the money on the table for a longer period of time, yeah, so a lot can happen, and you also you you know there are gonna be customers who have a hard time paying on time, so there's a lot of factors that can go into this, yes, but having that you know reassurance that okay, they paid invoice number one, that's twelve months in the bank, yes,
0: and you know you could almost go the other way around. You could you could offer a discount to go annual, mm. which is in fact what a lot of SMBs are doing. Yeah. Why right? do you go on the website? Yeah, you know, yeah. either have monthly or you have the annual. I just saw I broke your, your brain there for a second, actually. When
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, this is common.
0: Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. No, I mean, for SMB it's common, but for mid market it's not common. No, you no. Kind no. Of offer a discount to go annual. And, um, SMBs, it's kind of a normal thing, right? You have monthly versus annual. And if you go with the annual option, then, you know, it costs 20% less. Mm. The logic here is slightly different, though. The logic here is uh, not necessarily the the ability to reinvest your money. It's part of it. The other logic actually is that in SMB, payment terms frequently or usually equal contract length. Mm. So if you connect your credit card and it's monthly... It means you can cancel monthly. Yeah. If you connect your credit card and say anu- uh, annually, uh, that then means really your contract length is for the whole year, mm-hmm. right? And then the discount is less so on recycling the cash. It's part of it, but the discount is basically set at a level that is higher than your expected churn for the year. Yeah. Basically, if you give if you, if your monthly churn is 30%, 40 percent, which is not unusual in SMB necessarily. Uh, and you put the annual discount to 20%, you're basically making money in that in yeah. that situation, yeah. right? And that's why it's set up like that.
1: I think we should move to the, the last. You can drink your coffee. We need to move to the, the last one. So how much can you actually spend on acquiring a customer
0: then? Yeah. And I think this is really valuable for... Me. <laughs> people sitting a little bit high up. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I well, thought you were right. gonna say in the arc. We need another. <laughs> we need another sign here, yeah. and you know, yeah. No, it's it's really valuable for people sitting a little bit higher up in the funnel yeah. to use this to <laughs> rationalize the things that they're doing mm. with the output that they're getting. Right. You and I recently discussed, for example, uh, meetups. Yeah. Yeah. So we are uh, currently doing meetup monthlies. Mm. So meetup on a monthly uh, cadence. Different cities, please join us. Ping yeah. us where it's we It's not just have the one. two of us meeting up. It's yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. for
1: that's right. People interested in. So work. it's
0: really it's it's about revenue operations. We usually yeah. have like two speakers. It's anyway, it's fantastic. And uh, we were thinking now, how much money should we actually be spending on this? Yeah, right. And it's not a customer acquisition kind of motion. It would be cool if that came out of it. Yeah. But really thinking about how much we want to, you know, how much we are spending to well what if we were to get a customer every other meetup or whatever yeah. then we quickly realized actually no i think it's i think it's, i think we're doing okay mm-hmm. I, I think the money that we're spending and the money that we're potentially getting i think those two things equal totally out um, not having a clear attribution like hey yeah, yeah. a leads to b and so forth but also another example that uh, that i ran into the other day was was basically about and, and maybe it doesn't fit perfectly but was basically about like a, a, a webinar yeah. right that someone is hosting and someone is, uh, let's just say they're spending, I don't know, a bunch of money on LinkedIn in order to promote the webinar, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? Instead of using all of this money to put into promotions, we're talking tens of thousands of euros here. We're yeah. not talking small money. You could actually take this money, fly in and like an, maybe not an A-list, but a B-list player into your studio, you record it. And just by the way of the name and because it's so interesting and maybe some word of mouth and, mm. and some reshares and stuff, you would probably get even more traffic than you're buying it, right? So really kind of the, the realization, hey, I could spend 50,000 euros to get, I don't know, I don't have a great great example, Michelle Obama or something like <laughs> that. I think, I, think, I think like a president, like a former president, I think you can book Obama, obviously, kind of if you're uh, interesting enough. For north of $100,000, I think that's... You've that's, been looking into this. Yeah, no, no honestly, I have, actually. Uh, because he was at Bits and Pretzels uh, two years ago or something like that. Yeah. And the question is not, can you afford to get him? Usually that's that's not the problem, but will he bother to show up, yeah. basically, right? Kind of, you need to make it kind of, uh, in that sense, worthwhile. But you, you're talking for an hour, speaking gig, even for those A-list players, you're talking, you know, probably €50,000 or something like that. Yeah. And then, you know... How much organic traffic would you get from this? And does that potentially then fit you know, your customer profiles? And thinking about these problems like that makes it, I don't know, it changes, changes the, the equation for me in my head sometimes. Yeah. So that's why uh, attacking from this angle is, I think, super interesting. But I think you had like a, a different, uh, different perspective on this?
1: No, I think it's sometimes you see a company rent a yacht and invite people yeah. onto the yacht and you go, this is bonkers. This is, this is so expensive. What are they thinking? But the reality is you might think more about how can you be cost-efficient in your acquisition when in fact you might be completely underspending. So yeah. let's say you spend, I don't know, a 1,000 euro from for a marketing-sourced opportunity, but the business is okay with you paying 10,000. Mm-hmm. Then that completely changes how you go to market in marketing. That might change where you choose to put money in terms of advertising there's chatter around linkedin being more expensive than for example other social networks but that might all of a sudden mean well the math is totally going to work out for you and the math of hiring an a-lister or doing a roadshow or whatever yeah. it is bringing in that extra headcount, might make completely sense and i think that is actually the important realization that yes it's always good to be frugal and be you know aware of cost but are you that cost you are basing it off—is it a figment of imagination, yeah. or is it math? Did yeah. did someone actually tell you this? Is, this is actually the the level. And maybe it's
0: either a fifth bullet, or it's a it's a sub segment of this one here. How do you how do you figure out, especially in the marketing side, how do you figure out how much money you want to spend on an opportunity? Mm. And uh, you know, bunch of math and blah. We can talk about it, but what's What might be easier, just as a comparison, is if you have a outbound team that is creating opportunities, it might be very easy for you from the marketing side to figure out how much you're paying per opportunity. Mm. Basically, you take the outbound cost as a whole divided by the amount of opportunities that the team generated. Usually, those are two numbers you can easily get. Even finance will give you the, the sum total of that outbound team. And suddenly you get a number that will range from 1,000 to 10,000 euros, by the way. yeah, And that is the number to be in the realm of on your marketing side as well. Mm. That's that's how I would see it. And um, if you're vastly more expensive, maybe don't tell anyone in the orc <laughs> about that. But uh, if, if you're vastly cheaper, I think there's an opportunity for you to uh, rethink some of these things, kind of ask for more budget. Yeah. Obviously, that's then that conversation. And um, and then have the ability to do some stuff that is a bit, you know, outlier and crazy. Yeah. I saw some folks doing ads on cabs yeah, in New yeah. York City. You've
1: been talking about it for years.
0: Yes, it will happen eventually. <laughs> it's not that expensive. No. I looked into uh, TV ads. Mm-hmm. Not that expensive. You know, everyone is throwing a bunch of money on Facebook and LinkedIn. You don't, ex- many, few people realize how cheap TV and radio actually is in comparison. Mm. Out of home, this whole, you know, poster thing, none of that is actually so expensive. But, you know, once you start thinking with this hat on, like, hey, this is the money we could actually spend on some of those things, um, you know, having that in in comparison is uh, extremely useful sometimes.
1: The only caveat I have to this point is... Just one? Just Just one. What's going to happen if I realize that I can pay 3x opportunity, and I go and ask for the budget, there's going to be some challenges there baked in. Maybe it's an entirely different episode. I'm sorry (laughs) for bringing it up, (laughs) but I can just see that being, okay, Tony Mickle. yeah, yeah, good, good, you're telling me. I can actually pay 3K, not 1K, for marketing source opportunity, but finance, they're saying, no.
0: So I think the the answer needs to be you need to compare those two channels, mm. and then you need to ask the finance guy the question: Why are we paying three times more for this opportunity than for that opportunity if they're behaving the same or mine even potentially behaves better? Mm. Great question to ask. You can leave it right there and then you know let that person sim on that one because that will be that will be some uh, some thought that's that's happening there, and I think then you know once you have opened up that argument, the next question then will be: Well, okay, Michael on the marketing side. How are you gonna? How are you actually gonna spend three x the budget? Mm. And it's like, well, I'm gonna put it into <laughs> Facebook, uh, and then everyone was like, wow, that that doesn't work out. So I think I think um, you know, getting the budget and then finding good ways to take it in a scalable manner, two different things yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, start opening up the conversation by comparing those two different channels and be like, hey, uh, you know, what I'm doing, what they're doing, it doesn't matter. You know, vastly different. Why is it vastly different? Actually, I think that's a much better question yeah, to ask yeah. than. I need more budget.
1: And I think it's also, you know, it's easy to increase the cock to triple, but you wanna get out. That's out. it. <laughs> you figured it out, Michael. <laughs> I'm so good at acquisition. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, perfect. Wonderful. I hope I hope this was an interesting way to think about some of these conundrums. There's definitely more yeah. you can jump into. But just Try and use it. Try and look at some of the discounting elements on multi-year deals. Try and look on the, how you go about terms to fuel the business. Yeah. At the end of the day, these are four very specific areas where you potentially could fuel a bit more growth.
0: Absolutely. Wonderful.
1: Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Tony. And thank you, listener. Bye. The fall guy.